Welcome everybody to a brand new Record Club episode of the Jams and Tea Podcast where we spin the jams and spill the tea and uh, we we have a very special episode today for you. Um, we've been looking forward to this day for a while ever since this was uh, discussed uh, on the podcast amongst us. Uh, you could a, in fact say that today is a, a quite quite a big day for the four of us I think. Yeah. Big old day and this is the the first record club of the year it's and morgan has already left i am going with the spirit of the album here today uh i think it's beautiful that we have elected to to choose this for the first proper re- yeah. the, the reunification of james d it, podcast it, it is it represents and, unity actually because this, i mean this, of course in august yeah. no one would know better than you of course who recommended rec- you recommended this album yes. so tell us a little bit about uh Mr. Chance the Rapper and so, Mr. The Big Day. Why are we Ch- doing this, August? Okay, so we're doing this. <laughs> why did you because, do this uh, to me? Let's let's talk about <laughs> Chicago-based rapper Chancellor Bennett, otherwise known as Chance the Rapper. He has it uh, at sales oh, rep. Oh, oh sorry. The- Is his name really Chance? <laughs> It's Chan- Chancellor Bennett. Yeah. Chancellor I know it's Jonathan Bennett. Chancellor Jonathan like Bennett. Yes. Chancellor. <laughs> As in like leader of Germany. <laughs> this man has had a had a very good 2010s uh, with mixtapes uh-huh. like 10 Day, Coloring Book, and Acid Rap. He gained a following not only in the mainstream of music criticism, but also in the underground, having crossover appeal, which is, all things considered, a pretty hard thing to achieve and balance. He was a pretty universally liked figure up until 2019, when he decided to release his debut album, The Big Day, a kind of decade recap for him, going over the uh, turbulence of his interpersonal life and of course his marriage and this is all kind of the context to d- describe oh, chance but uh there there's another c word that describes chance <laughs> and that's cynical <laughs> cynical because this is the most hackneyed stream gaming <laughs> bullshit album I, I recommended this, A, for the purpose of, of uniting the podcast for the beginning of the year, making a fun, uh, e- exciting, entertaining record club for you all to listen to. And because, uh, well, we, it's been three years. Maybe it's not, it's not as bad as everyone remembers. And uh, to answer that off, right off the bat, this is still a horrible uh, travesty of a record. And... We're going to get into that today. August, you mentioned stream gaming and like the length of this record, which I think an interesting way of kind of contextualizing this is that the big day kind of hits at the, it's the culmination of a decade where the shape of hip hop records and the shape of music and albums is kind of like evolved and changed in the era of streaming in terms of like popular music at the very this, least. Yeah, th- this is a very post Drake album. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, Drake can be totally seen as having lead the charge with regard to that. And I mean, in terms of the whole, like, you know, 
the, the album as playlist thing where you have a, 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 a unifying you have a unifying theme and you have like a, some of the broad sort of conceits of album construction but by and large like it, it, it's unhampered by uh, physical media limitations it's allowed to just be this sprawling thing where artists can just kind of throw you know over 20 sometimes 30 tracks into it and I mean you have albums like Drake's Views and DJ Khaled's Grateful that really sort of lead the charge with this but they there was never an album so so it was always kind of easy to kind of look at those sorts of records and poke fun at them and say like oh a stream gaming kind of bullshit album like there's just nothing there it's just half baked yeah and they had always come from people who had had a reputation for doing this kind of thing it was a through line in their career that exactly people making artistic statements this was pop music in the sense of mass appeal yeah but what i think the decade lacked until the big day came along with regard to this sort of style of record and popular music was a true fucking wet blanket record like a true catastrophic failure of an album you could maybe like, argue like, that like Eminem, a blanket that you're running an electric current through you could maybe argue that eminem's revival was this but i think that the big day stoked more ire and is kind of more egregious in a lot of ways because of something august that you've hinted at because with eminem's album it was like it wasn't a huge surprise that he put out a giant fucking turkey in 2017 or whenever a revival hit right because he had done that a billion times before it was just like a a new turkey colored through the lens of the streaming era whereas with chance this is his debut record after a series of incredibly successful mixtapes as you mentioned august and there's a certain level of you know expectation this is going to be good because chance is generally a figure who is considered you know to be quite like he has a lot of indie cred i mean acid rap was like a a very acclaimed mixtape it has a 3.5 on rate your music people generally regard that project as being very very good well i got best new music from pitchfork in 2013 as well i remember it being a huge kind of hipster rap crossover record like it had Mm -hmm. a lot of cred had a lot of esteem and it probably is still the best thing that he's put out and even coloring book which i think is a bit of a bloated record still i mean there's no real signs on that album for what you're going to get here i mean that record is a lot of fun and it's, it's joyful and it has a lot of chances kind of gospel influence shining through i mean one of the most significant verses of 2016 was chances verse on kanye's ultralight beam which people still talk about mm-hmm. to this day as being like one of those holy shit moments for an artist uh whether you agree or not and so yeah the, the true like beauty of the big day is how unexpected it is And not only is it like Chance has made a really bloated, really long, really bad album that we weren't expecting him to make, but Chance has truly, like, Chance has truly become creatively bankrupt in a way that, like, it's so shocking. Like, in a way, it's it's like we've had usually It usually, like, takes artists, like, 10, 15 years to get to this level of creatively bankrupt. Yeah. And he did it in, like it is four there's no there's like not a bone of ambition to this project beyond runtime because conceptually (laughs) this is about as deep as a kiddie pool well 
Yeah, so, okay, so let's talk about the concept then, because you've already kind of alluded to it, and the title, I think, kind of gives you a clear idea, like, this is the Chance celebrate. so Chance has always talked about his relationship with, you know, love and his part long-term partner and the importance of religion to him, and so this kind of ties all of that together by, the concept here is Chance's wedding, and the album is presented to you as, like, a big long sort of wedding party right like you're partying through the night celebrating love you have these interludes that are meant to kind of like give the listener the feel of being at a giant family wedding and kind of just you know moving through the the crowds of people and just sort of stopping by like older relatives or whatever and so you have this conceit that the chance yeah, I, I did think of Altman weirdly enough at certain <laughs> points, uh, certainly not favorably, but um, but yeah, so that's kind of what Chance is doing, and I think the length of the album sort of makes sense through that lens, right? Like it's the sort of it's supposed to be the kind of party that never ends, and a, and a wedding to Chance, like being married to Chance, is that to him? Like it is this party that never ends. At least it is for him now. Let's see how long how he's feeling about his marriage in a few years time but you know he's you know let's not take that away from him he's happy he's celebrating this love that he has and how pure and, and honest and and wonderful and monogamous it is and he is you know that is truly where he's at that's who he is and so he's truthfully making an album about that state of mind and about where he is and it's just a fucking and I'm, I'm gonna take it away from him all right because he took away hours of my life that i will simply never ever get back the the funny thing about all of this is that as august said there's not a bone of ambition in this the concept is skin deep and as tyler said this is obviously something that's like there is something here this isn't just an artist deciding to make a bad record this is something that it's like not. It's a it's a Frankenstein's monster of simultaneous low effort and also complete and utter sincerity that manages to become the ugliest thing I've one of the ugliest things I've listened to for this podcast. And the the remarkable thing about it is that Chance is talking about this wedding like, oh, this is my like, you know, this is an event. This is a big thing. I'm happy. My wife. I love my wife. I love my wife. And on 75% of the songs, this man is sleepwalking through this album. He could not sound like he wants to be anywhere less than the booth. He's just sitting here just like, like on one of the songs proper, I can't even remember the title, but he's just talking like, he's just like, oh, I'm so happy. It's a big day. Uh. Well, he's, <laughs> he's like losing his mind in the background of the song. Well, okay. This is a good entry into the album, I think. It's talking yeah. about Chance as a performer, right? Because yes. the thing about it is he sounds awful on this album. Like he <laughs> constantly ear scrapingly bad. He's like, he sounds like Dave Chappelle from his last three some specials trying to rap while he's parched and hasn't had a, he's like in the middle of the Sahara desert and hasn't had a <laughs> fucking ounce of water in years at this point damn hot water hot transphobia 
Well, here's the <laughs> here's the thing. Like, it's, it's, it's not as though chance has changed as a vocal performer that much, but there are certain elements of the limitations in his vocal performance abilities that he decides to just kind of lean fully into, and that is compounded by the mixing of the vocals on this record, which is constantly constantly bringing them right up the front and making them really really loud i reckon if you were to be able to remix this album and just bring the vocals down a little bit it wouldn't make the album that much better but it would make the experience of listening to it slightly less genuinely physically painful because of how loud he is and i think let's just jump into this straight away with the opening track here because it perfectly exemplifies this all day long all day long so here is chance's epic sweeping opener right here is this this is an assault of an opener is the best way you can describe it because you you've got that opening opening patch of bars uh if you blink you might miss it you gotta click it or tick it he's doing like Eminem staccato flows on this opening thing. Grocery bag wrapping. Oh what my year god! Is this? Um. So he he he. So yeah, that's another aspect of Chance's performance on this record as well. Is that? I mean, for a man that literally has that eponym in his name, like the rapper, he is startlingly craftless on this album like there's just a staggering lack of genuine vocal and and rapping kind of creativity or ability or skill like what chance will often do is he will find a a very kind of like dull and two-dimensional flow and he will beat it into the ground he'll find the most irritating rhyme schemes possible and he'll ham onto them he will repeat himself and repeat certain intonations and cadences to the point of self-parody all the while you're listening to him do this and it feels like someone has cranked up the db on his vocals to like just an ear scraping level and it's 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 a compounding of so many little issues that are just that all swell together to create this kind of megalithic monstrosity of pain. And I'm just talking about Chance's vocals and vocal lines and rapping and performances. I'm not going to talk about anything else that happens on this album because that's also a problem. <laughs> several, several problems. I mean, you you're you're correct in that, but I also just have to say that like one of the interesting things about this record is that like. I think the biggest problem with the way that it sounds chance aside is pretty much just that so many of these are really painfully generic auto generated trap beats that just I mean they sound they sound like presets to no. even say like they sound oh plastic gosh. feels disingenuous for, for and chance coming on status here. for chance's yeah. status he should not be having generic boring production and you look at the list of producers on this it is like a mile long and they have just generated the most generic trap pop rap crap he's a kanye protege well like, here's the what? thing here's the thing jake for the longest time this chance's debut album was going to be called was going to be called good ass job which is admittedly an even worse title than the big day but it was going to be produced exclusively by Kanye 
this was in the works for a long time and this was like referenced in a lot of the music that they made together as well was that Kanye, yeah he was Kanye's protege and Kanye was going to kind of lift him up and Kanye was going to it was going to culminate in Chance's debut record which was going to be knit tightly with Kanye and Kanye produces zero percent of this record he's not a single one in, in fact in terms of celebrity presence there's basically none you've got John Legend Death Cab for Cutie and a lot of nobodies. Well, actually, to, list, well, there's more, you know, there's more than that, but to the be feature fair, list yeah. is pitiful, is my the, point. The, the feature list is pitiful. I would give to have seen the look on Morgan's face when he first listened to this album and Ben Gibbard shows up on it. Well, yeah, I, w- I was prepped because yeah. it shows the features <laughs> on the Apple Music version at least. And I yeah. went, it's just, oh god this is 22 songs long okay, i love that I love what that. the fuck I, I love the feature credit as death cab for cutie when it's yeah. just been given it's like how on um, evermore like taylor swift credited the national as a feature on that one song when it was just matt berninger but um uh, or maybe maybe the drummer was on that song i don't remember anyway um yeah okay so feature list it is kind of pitiful but at the same time there are some big names here what is within hip-hop anyway like the baby's on this uh gucci mains on this um little dirk, boy, little, little dirk on is on this yeah with a, exactly with a, with um, a bar about uh, having sex with women on their period yeah the well, classy dirk. yeah yeah we'll get to that believe me um so yeah, megan the stallion's on this before she was really even that big as well so like there's um some huge names on this what's i think more notable about it is how these features are either wasted they're just like entirely phoned in or they're either just mixed really, really terribly or just put in a really, really weird place in the song or they're just downright misguided. And, and I think that, um, I, I mean, I think it makes sense to go through this album in sequence, but believe me, there's so much. Okay, all of those things that I just mentioned, we'll get to, we'll get back to one by one as we talk about each song on this record. All day long, epic sweeping opener john legend is doing his john legend thing but nigh on unlistenable because of how ear scraping the whole thing sounds um chance just immediately throwing at you some of his most just absolutely just brainless writing is there a word on this album spoken more than the word like because that's pretty much the default presentation for every single bar he has is that it's like, oh, it's like a this, uh, this, it's like a this. Yeah, this I'm, he's yeah, doing he like a this. hashtag rap. Every song. Yeah, he, he does this. It's a, very, it's a very particular style of bar that Chance adopts on this album. Where analogy, it's like, analogy, analogy. And they're bad analogies. Well, they're horrible analogies. I call, I, I call them Chance's corny similes. He has a really like memorable one on, on Do You Remember the second track where it's like, the, the last year left a couple of marks like groucho <laughs> and, yeah, that <laughs> and life's short as a midget but mine's a little lebron, little LeBron. yeah Nem was a blonde i need a peace prize mom invented the bomb. Mom. Mom, i need a peace prize mom invented the bomb is chance trying to 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 try and place uh the the role of oppenheimer onto his own mother is that the reversal that's happening here <laughs> Is a great I line. I compare this album to the devastation I'm, of Hiroshima. I mean, certainly, maybe, but I don't maybe by mentioning, 
maybe by evoking Eminem's blondness, he's evoking like an anti-Aryan sentiment. So maybe it's like a deep commentary on the Holocaust. You Possibly. Know? Um, my, I just my... want to note that these first two songs are easily the pinnacle of the album. Oh, 100 fucking well, percent, dude. There are definitely high points. Uh, the best song on this album, I would say, is the last song on this album, but we'll get to that eventually. Um, I think by far, actually. The, the problem with the first two songs is that, yeah. I'm not sure I was alive by that point, so you may be right. <laughs> the problem with the first two songs is that, yeah, they are like, you know, the most sort of exciting that this record gets and some of the most engaging, but they are also some of the most hampered by how just dog shit the mixing and production is, how terrible it sounds. Like all day long, if it had been worked on a bit more, and I mean, at least Chance is rapping so fast that you can barely like pick up on some of these lines the first time you hear them anyway. It's a shame that his fast rapping is in this cadence that makes him sound like a fucking cartoon character version of himself. But let's forget about that. Um, John Legend's hook is like the most fucking like, let's cut, cut, paste a fucking like template John Legend vocal in this song. And it's like, it's hilarious how just completely non-specific and boring it is. Um, it reminds me of uh, the Phoebe Bridgers feature on that Silk Chiffon song <laughs> where it's like, I'm, I think it's like, I'm high and I'm feeling anxious inside the cvs and like was this written by an algorithm yeah <laughs> yeah imitating phoebe bridgers that's a good shout actually um that's, but yeah that song sucks do you remember i think is a little bit better than the opening track uh i i do like ben gibbard's hook i think that it's a bit you know it, no, you don't it's no, a bit don't. like <laughs> it's a bit trite but it's the best part of the song by far uh it's fine like it, it's fine on a song that contains like I mean, what is what is the point of the line where he just opens the song talking about like the same summer that widowed Gwyneth Paltrow? That, that's what? such a funny line because <laughs> I can trust and, my you know, dogs like Balto. You know, let's like he's, he's actually let's let's Avengers, get into that right? for a second. Yeah, yeah he's talking, but yeah. I want to get into that for a second because it's emblematic of a big problem with this album in that. And a lot of albums that rely because this album is so heavily reliant on pop culture and cultural references that as soon as you're two, two three years out from that, I you have to check genius for every single little fine comb to thing to even get what the point of the simile is, and it, it's something where you know it makes the writing less than timeless and it makes it age just like milk. Yeah. Paltrow widowed. Chris Martin didn't die. He just started porking Dakota Johnson. He, he's, with, he's, with he's talking about her character in <laughs> Avengers Endgame. And yeah, so, but that's the thing. That's the exact point that, yeah. that August is making that you can't like, I, we're so divorced the, the from next that cultural moment also, now. Back when I could trust my dogs like Balto, my family, the Sopranos, these fellas is Altos. Like, whatever it what is. What does that mean? Speaking of, like, aging badly as well, he has on, on Eternal, the third song on this record, which is really where you start to get, like, some of the most, like, just 
just cheaply saccharine and like just absolutely lame ass attempts at like soulful r&b music but he has a line speaking of like aging badly he has a line on this song where he's like 2020 i'm gonna be ahead of my time and i like yeah chance because this shit makes me sick like it's it's just <laughs> absolutely that's the only sense in which you're right and, and, and it's it like died so- <laughs> it's it's so funny because the big I, day contained the coronavirus i listened to this and i struggled to breathe like it is just absolutely soul sucking like there's it it's so funny that he's like the, the whole premise of this song here is him talking about like oh you know true love between people yeah. who are monogamous side, side you know, chicks are are not side, side chicks, chicks and shit. side dudes are bad and he does this by listing a bunch of things that, that literally anyone can do to make his point that side chicks can't do things he's it, just like side chicks can't ch-. i'm like dude you're just listing a bunch of like side chicks can't make breakfast and it's like <laughs> God, that's so funny. He's like, side chicks can't cook no grits. That's Smino, actually. Which, oh, on the note of Smino, yeah. on the note of Smino, bold of Smino to wrap his entire verse in a hypnagogic state because this man is not awake. I am a hundred percent convinced of it. He's no. sleep talking. I'm uh, reminded of Smino. Um, uh, I'm reminded of and, that one Peter Gabriel song where he's like, I decided to record these vocals like when I was in the wake in the state between sleep and wakefulness. <laughs> what song was that on? So <laughs> I thought of that while listening to Smino. Uh, but right? what we need to uh, what what also needs to be said about the features in general is that I mean, aside from their laziness and you know everything about them, another thing they do is actively go against the points Chance is making. Like, there are so many features on here who have bars and verses about, you know, got to hook up with this uh, bunch of chicks or whatever. And it's like, was this, did no one listen to this and think like, this kind of goes against Chance's point that he's trying to conjure on this song. Did no one, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat from nothing else. He look, was just like, give me a verse. Look, there's one feature on this album, one feature on this album that I think complements the song, and that's Nikki's feature on the last track of this record, which we'll get to. But yeah. every other feature, without exception, you're absolutely right. Like Smino's verse on uh, Eternal, it literally opens with the amazing couplet. I know some shorties that'll blast for me over blasphemy and throw that ass for me so molassesly. <laughs> what? Can, can we also skip forward just a little bit to one of my favorites, which is cross-legged in the dojo, my master mentor. Side chicks can't take out splinters, splinter as in teenage mutant ninja turtles. Side they new side chicks make they Kool-Aid with Splenda. Oh. Side chicks can't come to Auntie Linda's house. I'm sure they could if you gave them the address chance. I, I, I have to mention, like, it's almost a throwaway line from Spino's verse, but it made me convulse the second time I heard it, which was, I love her passion. I drunk her passion fruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrid. It, it, it's, it's one of multiple lines on this record that make like love and sex sound like just genuinely disgusting there's one moment i think actually there's a couple of moments on this record where charles like refers to having sex with his wife and it feels so like weirdly it's like, off color compared to like a lot of what else he's trying to do like, uh, and bergian at times 
Like, I mean, the first of, the first of these, of course, being the hot shower bar. I'm in the office and she's trying to airdrop me some nudes, which is what? What? Airdropping? Why is she doing that? No. Why? What's, I, I want to know what scenario he was in that made him like do. Like, I, there, there's just something so like inherently this is like a 15 year old kid who's trying to brag about having sex to his friends and even though he's not actually had it he talks about it like steve carell in the 40 year old version like it's a it's a bag it's a bag of sand like that's what chance sounds like he's i have never believed anyone has had sex less than chance the rapper also he he probably proved me wrong because he has a child also fuck off chance the office you don't work in an office so, you work in a, <laughs> you, you've never worked in a cubicle the thing is he's trying to like make a point about how professional he is now which is like yeah. there's no grounding for that and like okay look hot shower let's talk about this song right we oh. we open with an another yet another assault <laughs> hot damn hot water hot shower real real muscles like superman trainer i got so strong like super saiyan mega his like second dragon ball reference at this point not his last there's so another one where he talks about go tanks yeah he talks he talks about go tanks yeah the go tanks line nearly fucking i i have to also I'm, comment on the fact that that when he says like Got a few rigs on Jupiter skating. Imagine they Saturn switched up the patterns, smoking on some chatter, higher than a ladder. Like that is literally the most painful musical moment it's, of 2019. It's like the death of music. That's... <laughs> You're listening to a death rattle. Look, I I do think like there's a little bit like there's a, a little bit of like genuine humor in this song. Like I can see what Chance is going for. Like I get that he is approaching this as like a goof song. Like he's approaching this as like a, a, an intentionally kind of like not intentionally shitty i'm not going to give him points for that but he is intentionally trying to be like really really goofy and have like a little bit of a fucking like skit moment he has a bar about um sourcing on the workers at mcdonald's and then he has a good burger bar and he i like the way that he even though it's terrible i like the way that he kind of references it again later in the song when he talks about getting head from a white man's daughter her her lips ain't big but i'm loving it like that's a nice little call back to the mcdonald's bar while also talking god you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here man (laughs) and when i say nice i don't mean like you know artful or anything i just mean like I, it got a giggle out of me all right the I problem you the, you can see there's a joke and you can see the setup and punchline yeah the problem is yes. there's just a sea of just like it's so ugly to listen to like made in tayo's verse like genuinely like he has the same thing where he just kind of like does this da 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 and he does the same like rhyme like eight times in a row and it's it's unreal it's unbelievable there's a line on uh and um sorry that was the baby's verse where there was the callback to the um the mcdonald's bar that chance dropped earlier and incidentally like i know the baby toxic but like one of the best verses on this album not saying much but he is at least a presence like he at least like when he starts rapping you're at least like okay someone's awake on this album and they're like doing something wrong they're actually sort of crafting (laughs) that said he has line about how his lawyer beat the case like tina (laughs) what that that moment 
referencing Ike is abusive relationship like what? with Tina Turner and it's, it's like so off color and so like I mean shit this album as, about marriage you might as well say uh you might as well like evoke OJ at that point this, yeah exactly <laughs> this is the thing like this is an album that is ostensibly the concept is the most wholesome marriage in the whole world and the baby's dropping a bar where he compares his legal issues to one of the most famous abusive relationships in all of black music like what is what, what is going on like what what am I, I hearing I, I, did, I need did to chance... point out how much it bothers me and i bet it bothers august too but when he's like just the way he says super saiyan manga it's like first of all i don't believe you've read manga shut up second of all super saiyan manga the manga is called dragon ball z chance it's not I called mean, super saiyan it sounds so clunky <laughs> and stupid and that's not even like the, the thing about this song that kills me is that like yeah i get it it's it, you know it's supposed to be a joke it's jokey it's silly but the thing about it is that this is the longest three minute song of all time that chorus that comes in the fucking hot land of smoking greens cauliflower he says this so many times and by the end of it i was just like is this an eight minute song how long have I been listening is, is to this? Is this progressive rock? I mean, it sounds like, I feel like I'm listening to fucking Seventh Son of a Seventh Son where Iron Maiden just take one song and they're just like, here's the chorus repeat 74 times over the span of 10 minutes. <laughs> don't get, I know you have a hot take on that album, but you don't get to diss it in the context of fucking Chance the Rapper comparison. The big day. Yes, I do. There's <laughs> so, nothing that, left. That's sacrilegious. But yeah, uh, Hot Shower is kind of like the meme song that everyone talks about, but I mean, there's like a handful of songs I think oh, that are worse on this album. To be honest, hot, like Hot Shower is is uh, getting hit over the head with like a board with rusty nails in it, and this album has like you getting run to over it multiple a... times. Like it's this it, this it, album it, has like steamrollers. Yeah, no, yeah. kind of grows on you. you. You get it. You get what he's doing. It's funny. I laughed. Uh, I, I give this song <laughs> a nine. Um, let's talk Damn about Malbar. Let's talk about We Go High, which is Chance's beautiful, heart-rending tribute to Michelle Obama. Hot shower. <laughs> yeah. Michelle Obama. What I love about this, right, is I looked up. This is on Genius. This is the only song on the record that Chance himself has annotated. Oh yes, I, I loved. I loved reading his annotations. And because... apparently, I think this is right. Apparently, Chance was did not intentionally invoke Michelle Obama's famous catchphrase of "When they go low, we go high." Apparently, he wants us to believe that was entirely a coincidence. And then he like he says that it wasn't intentional, and then he takes credit for how genius it is because of the themes of the song and this annotation which is just so funny it's oh what's what's so good i love those annotations because you are watching a man just spin bullshit out of thin air and try to like cope can like convince you it's real like and cope well, is another theme of this album we'll get to cope the, the thing about this song is that he's invoking a slogan about like overcoming oppression and adversity in the context of a song where he's mad that his wife stopped fucking him mm. like that's the, the song is about like oh she got i, I did some what, what the fuck he he had an he, okay so 
he and his wife, you know, it hasn't all been roses. He had a Xanax addiction at a certain point in his life that I think he refers to in a later track on this album as well. And his wife and he went through some difficult times. They split up for a while. She withdrew sex from their relationship or whatever. And, Ch- and, and Chance immediately kicks off this Tom this song talking about how it took him out of his element not to be able to fuck his girl or whatever oh oh boohoo and then he just has the weirdest like discussions of like people in his life like my wife nanny like fran drescher like what (laughs) so i'm gonna read this annotation all right so from chance written by chance so my wife and i'm sure a lot of people's wife she wasn't my wife at the time but a lot of people's women if you have kids they hold down the fort for you they not only provide you with the ease and the comfort and the solace or a place to come and grieve or get whatever support you need but they also do that for your children like i was just saying the single dads the mingle dads that shit is hard yo so having my wife be available in the capacity she was for myself and my kid it was like she was like the nanny but it's like that's why the friend dresser line is kind of cool because eventually he marries the nanny we know that's how the story goes <laughs> i swear that's to god never me i swear to never god. Me. I, I swear to god the the comedy of this album is so universal like so wide-reaching that it goes beyond the album itself and the fucking annotations like chance is a genius why does he not have a netflix special yet that is the best place for what he's trying to do on this album um the, the <laughs> i'm just looking at this through these annotations and like the line um tried uh, um fuck going straight to the pros i'm professor fuck being one of the goats i'm goatinks which i guess is a there's your dragon ball reference yeah dragon ball z reference between two characters and dragon ball which by the way does not make that line any more clever like he literally just said this no, There's no deeper Like, I mean, if we try to, it's not like Gohan and, and Trunks are like the strongest characters in like this. It's not like this is some like <laughs> they are groundbreaking form in DBC. Cast members of Dragon Ball. <laughs> so <laughs> terrible. He, the next line, he's like, try to try that with my girl. She no thanks. Drop the bomb I couldn't find to Tom Hanks. And I, I'm like looking through this and he has like an essay of the annotation of this line where he talks about, I've known my wife since I was nine, yo. So my wife is not impressed by a lot of the things that other people can be impressed by. I have all these things, all these accolades. And it was like, that's not what I was keeping her there. You know, my faithfulness, my attention, my dedication are the things she was looking for with those absent. Fuck is she staying around for and drop the bomb. I couldn't find a Tom Hanks. That's based on a great nostalgic movie for a lot of people called Forrest Gump, where Tom Hanks tells a story of his whole <laughs> life and how he impacted all these different things through just being himself and not yeah, even fully knowing Gump. how impactful he was. There's a scene where he goes to war and there's a big bombing and he goes and he picks up everybody on his back and he takes them out of the jungle. So he picks up Lieutenant Dan, but he's looking for Bubba. Bubba's his best friend. And he's trying to protect Bubba while all these bombs are dropping. So we've seen the movie chance we've seen it he goes back out to the jungle to find bubba but there's another dude's lead that got blown off that he needs to help then he comes back to find bubba and there's another dude he keeps making all these trips on his way to bubba but helping everybody else then when he finally gets to bubba it's too late and he's dying i thought that was a great explanation of how i have put so many things ahead of myself trying to save everybody except for my best friend 
<laughs> Can I just point out my favorite human of... being <laughs> a real hero? My favorite lines on this song are kid proud like pennies is which is a reference to the proud family bb and cc i need like 20 twins which i don't know if that means he needs 20 sets of twins or 20 individual twins i'll leave that up to the interpretation of the viewer but the next set is the most baffling line on this album child murderers energy got got her in my family like indian feel it in your gut when you uppercut balchinian what the layers to this fucking bar <laughs> the layers of shittiness why didn't you just say get kicked in the nuts why did you have to go through the middleman of referencing the, the bad joke why did you do that chance i have to highlight here i we give the glory to you god one living true god you make us booyah and throw up the woo like you god they prop up statues and stones try to make a new god i don't need an egot so long as i got you god deep breathe the woosa pretty sure i need you in this season like a flu shot <laughs> i love how the, the premise of this is just like oh chance's wife or uh, partner baby mama has stopped sleeping with him so he immediately it's like a fucking scorsese protagonist it's just like time to embrace religion that's what this song is about it's it's about turning to the bible well, when you can't get laid well truly truly he is a disciple of kanye in that sense right mm-hmm. like truly that the the, the fucking yeah, influence there's a lot of similarities to this album in donda and i really don't like that there's a lot of similarities like to this all. album and jesus is king to be honest like like same year what, Je- what yeah jesus fuck, is that king too. A bad yeah. album but it is it is like what 20 something minutes long it's like 28 X. minutes or something this is like i'm so much happier this exists though than i am that jesus is king exists because we couldn't do a record club on jesus is king we couldn't we couldn't have fun talking about that album it's got like two jokes on it and that's it this is this is the gift that keeps on giving let's keep moving like i got you always i got forever. you um i, I mean I, God, this i i love so i love the main ref- i i mean and love you know i love the refrain do it for the one nine love one nine do for the one nine for the one nine do you get it chance chance likes the bible have you guys ever heard of the bible it's this really obscure book it, you know the show evangelion was based on it great book uh and this this is where like the religious cope starts to kick into full gear because like bad albums we've reviewed before mm-hmm. like the toby mac thing religious cope is on full display throughout this album where it's like just need jesus and everything's gonna be all right what really gets me though the, my least my, the most egregious thing about the song is in the hook uh ari lennox hook where it's like um take it all with a grain of sand that's not the saying ari it's take it all with a grain of salt what does take it all with a grain of sand mean like yeah that's the thing it's 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 it would be okay if that was not the saying if it meant something in its alteration like i was thinking like okay there must be a wordplay that i'm missing here like maybe that's a biblical thing and maybe it fucking is i guess there's sand in the bible fuck i don't know (laughs) 
there are on a lot of beaches in that book, I believe. I don't know. Look, I guess, I guess there's a bit of sand in the Bible. <laughs> quote of the year. But like, it's like um, uh, not physically on... sand in each copy of the King James Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like. <laughs> I don't let's I mean, let's 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 read through this hook and let's see if we can decipher what around the world people tend to lend advice. Wow. We can't <laughs> we can't blame them. It's all just by design. Take it all with a grain of sand or leave it up to me. I got you always. So is this supposed to Thanks, be like man. is this supposed to be like the from the perspective of God? Like, cause I, leave it all up to me. I got you always. Like, <laughs> by is, design. This is truly the atmosphere. Like, I, I think game. it's supposed to be by the. <laughs> this no, and and wait. Let's let's get into the biblical verse that immediately precedes this. Let's the the one nine, which is Philippians one nine. Let's see if that contextualizes it. In. Sure. Yeah. That, good that, idea. That feeling. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing. In your knowledge and understanding. Ah, so flowing. We've got we've got the concept of flowing, like sand flows. And like chances wrapping flows. Like wrapping flows. Oh my oh shit. <laughs> I don't know. Our cup runneth over. You have this weird Thanks, like Jasper. this weird moment that invokes like death when he says, like, I'm turning my life around, I'm trying to go to heaven with you. Like <laughs> I know what he's trying to say there, like, but it just <laughs> sounds like they're gonna die. Like it's weirdly unintentionally existential. Like I don't, I don't know what what's happening. I mean, I guess he's worried about dying at a young age because you know he, he's twenty six or so. He talks about the twenty seven yes. club. Yeah, he yeah. talks about the sweets. There's actually a few moments on this record where he gets downright existential. Um, I don't want to get to it now because it's later in the record, but like songs like Sun Come Down and Town on the Hill, like hilarious in that level of like genuine concern that Chance seems to have about dying when he's like, anyway, maybe this is just what Christianity does to you. I don't know. Let's move on. There's, it's just, there's like these bad songs and then there's just a skit all of a sudden and it's this, story of these two brothers fighting which even telling that pulling it out of his ass he still doesn't do it right because it's from the perspective of something like, this fight doesn't happen we don't know what it's about we don't know if it was a fist of cuffs brawl we don't know if it was a verbal altercation it was just what john witherspoon was just like you need to love each other because you're my sons and i'm just I like mean, all right what i'm sorry i mean i think of, i mean like you could really put a skit from like the college dropout, the Kanye album, yeah. where, the, where the guy's just going like and making fart sounds with his mouth. Like you could put that in here and it would make about as much sense. I, I definitely think it would are, actually improve the experience. There are lots of elements of this record that are very clearly invoking the college dropout, actually. Mm. And that's definitely one of them. But look, I want to give Rue a shot because I do think Rue's one of the better songs in this record because it has more substance than most of the other songs in this record and because chance actually does something meaningful to emphasize his concept which is about you know growing up and his relationship with his brother which is that he gets his brother on to rap on the song and it works because his brother taylor bennett 
can rap and in fact gives one of the most one of the best rapping performances of the record um it's i i i I genuinely think it's pretty good um that said the song does have other problems uh one of which being coco rosie's hook which is just the most like it's not even a hook really it's one line and the way that she sings it like roosters calling in the distance like the whole like manic pixie dream girl voice like white girl it's so like it sounds like a white american girl trying to sound like bjork that's what it sounds like well it's like the most like you know textbook like white girl ethereal singing voice that you had show up all throughout the 2010s right it's like you know at least with when Eminem does this kind of thing he gets Skylar Gray to do it and she's a little bit more vocally talented but like whoever the fuck Coco Rosie is like it's like chances you need to have enough like faith in her to let her like give a proper hook it's just like five words about roosters like what did they grow up on a farm is that what the song's about maybe they grew up on a farm i don't know i'm pretty sure i mean he's a chicago native so presumably he grew up in the city (laughs) what the fuck is the rooster what because uh perfect embodiment of the non sequiturs on this album that just things like hooks and verses just show up and they don't belong to anything they just happen look I try my best to understand. I do think this is one of the better songs in the record. I think it's all because of Taylor, frankly. I think Chance doesn't really do very much in his verse. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of the better songs in the record by virtue of, you know, not having as many egregiously bad things in it. Um, and like, and I look, and I enjoy the relation of the song to the skit that precedes it, even if I find all of the skits on this record completely unlistenable. I get, there's just parts of this record where it feels like oh he, he suddenly remembers that there's this concept of this record of about like a family gathering and like coming together and celebrating a union and like everyone being in this one place and it all being this glory thing and then just kind of totally just completely veers away from that or just doesn't really capitalize on it in any way and the title track on this record right <laughs> what a fucking nothing song this is oh my gosh like a com- and you've got a francis and the lights feature here which i mean that's already setting yourself up for failure i just want to francis say, and the lights sucks francis Ass. and the lights does suck yes and this no, is no no personality no presence and this is uh, your title track so i have I don't a few even know I, what the fuck that is i have a few few things i want to try and like unpack about this because there's so much about this track that just confuses me day of my life. I, I, look look so aside let's pretend for a second that it's not just a complete non-entity of a song which it is like well, that's assumed that's understood right it's just there's nothing there anyway the parts that aren't just totally anodyne musically are like a car crash of sounds that just kind of collide together at certain points the hook is all the song has and it is so weakly delivered that it may as well not even be there uh i think jake or someone's already invoked like how pathetically chance like sings the hook on the song like like the only verse this song has is francis in the light absolutely losing his goddamn mind and i like just completely going postal for what reason like Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now like 
I just want to get it, get it, get it. This shit is so hard. Oh, Lord. Another another point of this, of, you know, yet another example. Can't wait to have that in isolation. And a feature being completely incongruous with the actual song itself. Well, yeah, but this is the thing, right? So I I guess that the connection is the line, like the hook line and the hook. The only way to survive is to go crazy. But this is the thing, right? What does that mean? What do you mean? You're talking about your wedding day. This is the greatest day of my life. I'm so glad you arrived, like showed up at the altar. You were doubting she was gonna, (laughs) she was gonna even turn up. Um, Funny. I mean, maybe she heard the demos. It it comes across as one of two things. It's either self defeating because it's a shitty song, or if all these parts work together. It's basically him. It, it sounds like he's in denial. It sounds like this man is about to go postal and he's constructing this song to be like, this is actually a nightmare. Run away, get away, get as far away as you can. It's <laughs> the thing that breaks me. Always like, he's the whole album is about how joyful it is for him to be in this union. And I believe it. I believe he, it is for him. But why is it the only way to survive to go crazy then? What? does that mean i can't stop this is keeping me awake i can't stop thinking about this line why why do you have to go what does that mean why why is the only way to survive to go crazy what he says it so many times in this song as well i don't get it i don't and and one 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 thing i think we should note at this point is that chance only got married in 2019 the same year as this album's release which is so confusing especially considering that the album that would eventually come become the big day was worked on for a number of years Mm. so that that would seem to imply that a lot of these songs are are were written within the year or within the months leading up to the album's release and it, it feel and I that could contribute to the feeling of this being so slapdash and just get it out the door fuck cohesion. Well, here's the thing, right? Chance said earlier in this album, right? He's known his wife since he was nine, so they've been have known each other in some capacity for seventeen years. We can do the math, uh, but I think I get why this album is the way it is. Like, this is what happens when you you you, you do. This is what happens when you've been fucking the same person and they're the only person you fucked for like your entire life, essentially. And you're in your late mid to late twenties and you're like so down bad. And this is the result of that, right? This is the, this is if any, how about we add an addendum to the, if you're, if you're fucking someone who, 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 it's not fun to fuck them specifically. Not look, to all the childhood sweethearts out there who are still together, love to you. Love to you all. Well done. But a fundamentally important part of life is, in my opinion, getting to have experiences with more than one person. You can't, you can't, you can't just like dedicate your life to the first person who fucks you. You can't, uh, what am I saying? How do I sound? Not, you like, this yeah. is this is the problem with Christianity, right? This is the problem. <laughs> is that 
it encourages seven you. billion people in the world and you found your soulmate 15 miles from where you lived it encourages you to fuck the first person you meet that you have any kind of feelings for and exclusively them and that is that 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 that's how they get you that it cripples you it, Tyler, it Tyler coming out here standing King Henry VIII. Selma's <laughs> <laughs> so going to turn me into like the fucking like polyamory equivalent of like fucking uh, fucking Jordan Peterson or something talking about. <laughs> I, first of all, please never say those combination of words again. Secondly, I think the most galaxy-brained moment of our entire podcast is you doing like. Uh, you know, uh, if this is the problem. Is just like you know, this is the problem with Christianity. <laughs> like, this is the this is the problem with a fundamental religion with a look, religion that one billion people follow. You uh, fucking morons! Uh, I'm I'm not coming out and dissing anyone who's Christian. I have friends who are Christian, and I don't like hold. You won't after this. Tyler bringing out the I have black friends of Christianity. <laughs> What I'm simply saying is that this is what the album does to you, all right? Really, I'm the victim here. It makes you hate God. It it makes you, yeah, mm -hmm. let's move on. Or at least believe in a malevolent God. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, Mm. Elixir play Heresy by Nine Inch Nails. Um, Right, so let's move on. Yeah, uh, let's let's go go on a run. Oh God! Go on the run. This was like the first moment on the album where I like literally like I hit I just I had to stop the album and just like process what I was hearing because I was expecting a bad record, right? I was expecting, but but there were moments on this album when you just go like, "What? What the fuck is the hook on this song? What the fuck is? Hey there, lovely sister, won't you come home to your mister?" I've got plans to hug and kiss you. I've got did plans just, to hug. Did he just and hug train and hug did you? He just hey soul sister. Did he just do that? Is that he what's happening? That. He, he, he did that. The, oh. the hook itself is weird and whack enough as it is, but it's the way Chance delivers this. He sounds like the small lilting voice of a Victorian child with a degenerative disease. Like he's like, "Welcome to your mister. Got plans to hug and hug you." It's just See, like, is, do you need a doctor? This is the thing with Chance. He has two vocal ranges on this album. One of them is like baby talk, and the other mode is like Hobo Johnson levels of like just fucking vocal vocal saying. Words. like, like the, the verse on this the verse on this song opens with meet meet i feel like roadrunner <laughs> i got that superman hidden under my cheap suit sitting just waiting okay, for lois to want to leave to you you left out a word there are you implying that you are keeping superman in your pants that's what being I, unfaithful chance what i love about this right is okay we have this song about like fucking you know escaping with his partner or whatever the fucking flow he uses on this verse is the exact same flow that kanye uses on yikes when he's talking about like getting me tooed russell howard getting me tooed or whatever and he chance even does a me too line on this and it's like he's weirdly invoking this song that's about Kanye's debaucherous sexual escapades to talk about this song about like wholesome running away with his girl and uh, well, and like 
with a giant pair of Tim's? What? Like, what? I'm deeper with an eye. Okay, I'm deeper than an iceberg with only the tip in. Come on. On this song, he has the tone and melodic mastery of a cat when you step on its tail. It's just absolutely caterwauling. And it's it continues the same into Handsome as well, which is tr truly like an absolute nadir of this record. Again, somehow not my least favorite, but it is fucking close. Like, baby, you look good, you look handsome. Baby, you look good, you look pretty. I know why you start fucking with me. Is it not a warm in the city? When he says that he sounds like Drake. Baby, I look good, I look handsome. Yo. Look, Drake fucking, Drake sounds like fucking Mariah Carey compared to Chance the Rapper on this song. Like, my big fine rotisserie, big tongue will make it slippery. I'll give you a sec to shake it out. Like, literally, this is, again, I've, I've referenced the fact that chance on certain points of this record gets downright sexual and like and and i mean of course this is the song oh, with megan this, this is the song like with megan the stallion on it and i mean for god's sake she at least you know she can sell the sloppy sexual lines because that's her shtick but when chance is saying shit like you out here bacon hot like megan on my bacon when it pop you look good naked you look good pregnant anything you make it pop like chance these are the least romantic the least kind of sensual like references to sex i may have this, ever this heard is, in music this is like from the diary of a serial killer i, I like the women when they're pregnant it, it gives me a real <laughs> erection while stabbing them <laughs> big and, fish does big anyone, fish a big okay honest question here does anyone any of you please 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 does anyone have a goddamn idea what the fuck chance is talking about on this song because i, I don't have a clue i i'm i'm sure he's evoking like the tim burton film big yes. fish perhaps yeah because it's the way the character in big fish tells his life story and that like uh, some of it might be embellished or something but i don't know what that has to do with the verses at all I swear my story just like Big Fish. I've seen hoes. I was always just like, which witch? One day, Big Catch hit the bait and switch switch. I was on the line. I became the Big Fish. This man is not talking. These aren't, this doesn't make sense. I'm, I think the chance might be, might be like, I think that he's proof that we really do live inside a simulation. I think that he was programmed by the robots to be placed into all of our brains and something didn't work and it's malfunctioning. And this is, this is before I even mention, and this eluded me until the third time I listened to this album. And yes, I listened to this album three times is that there's you. a fucking anti backslide on this song. Mm, God, yep. is there? He, real lieutenant, God's army, he like a doctor, he'll never let a shot harm me. Tell me. Okay, maybe, maybe he's talking I, about I, I bullets. Maybe he is. But there's no fucking way. That's not an anti-vax bar. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe, maybe Chance really did start COVID. Says a lot. One nine bar, COVID-19. 
Oh my god. Oh Holy my god. Shit. How did that not even occur to us? What? Chance the rapper. What I well, maybe we shouldn't chance post this the video. biological warfare expert. Maybe we shouldn't post this video. Maybe chance will end us all. He, you know, maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe chance is like actually the physical incarnation of Jesus Christ, and he's just you know try and he's like trying desperately to like get his message to the people. But the the Antichrist, the evil opposite of Chance the Rapper, uh, Michael J. Fox has like poisoned the the children. Five year plan. Okay, all right. Look, Brill, brilliant evocation of Joseph Stalin with your <laughs> wife. Look, look, I, I, okay, this is again, nothing. Nothing speaks sexy like forty-five million dead. Am I right, honey? We're still not at my worst favorite, my least favorite song, but I have to say a few things about Five Year Plan. This is maybe the song I have the most to say about actually on this record because this song this this really broke me like this broke me and you like okay so this 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 is is also a notable evolution in the record where he's known as like sad boy ballad phase in the record and look this is a song about chance overcoming his xanax addiction and it opens with some of the most like I guess poignant lines that like chance is written because they're quite simple but evocative in the context of re- recovering from an addiction you got to schedule vacations in your five-year plan you got to schedule celebrations in your five-year plan you're going to have several revelations in your first five days and your first five minutes have your first five fans for like 45 minutes take your first shift break there's no time for impatience in your five-year plan there's no time for hesitation in your five-year plan a lot of shit came at you in a five-year span so like when the song started out i'm like oh shit is, is chance actually going to meaningfully like rap about overcoming his xanax addiction and like you know becoming a stronger person and the answer to that question is absolutely not because chance when writing and making this record has the attention and focus span of a net and is completely derails his own song almost immediately by just actually no it's kind of a gradual descent at first the way the song like sort of starts like getting worse and worse and the lines start getting less and less focused and clear and more and more Giant stupid on b5 phone numb the the first kind of big red flag is when he does that line where it's like i love to say your name lord it come from my diaphragm <laughs> It's like, okay it's like the most forced rhyme ever like fuck i need something that rhymes with plans and sand diaphragm <laughs> and and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse from there get trunk to sing the same song kim jong swung giant mistakes on fee fi phonum what what they, like I, I, I don't even know who like who's what? the person he's referencing is that a member of bts or something <laughs> Kim Jong is not a member of BTS. If yeah, that, if that's what you're Ken asking. Jong. Yeah, the actor Ken Jong. Ken, the actor Kim Jong is not in BTS. But oh, no, the point is, the thing about this song is that it it gets worse and worse incrementally, like as it progresses to the point where I have a theory that this song is documenting the experience of having a stroke, because 
it's genuinely it's like it's like the audio equivalent of like watching like half of someone's face slump and their body it's just the fucking of... horse drawing oh that's like the really defined horse painting yeah. and then the line it's just like a kid drew it. it is and then you get so so you're you're getting these bars and they're getting progressively and progressively more confusing and making less sense on a kind of like linear downward slope level you get to Chance's chorus where it's just like things eating away at my heart. That's just the way of the art. Like, what is what is that supposed to mean? Is he is he saying that his Xanax addiction is a necessary consequence that he has to suffer to be an artist, or what is he trying to? And then he goes to like turns into like I just want everybody to love, love, love. I wish I could play a guitar. Uh, uh, what again? You're incrementally making less and less sense, and then just at that point. You have Randy Newman enter the song. Yeah. And the moment this happens, I'm like, I, I grabbing my hair, and I'm just like, I'm, 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 I feel like I'm dying. He sounds like he's dying. It's a genuinely disturbing vocal feature from a, a vocal legend, Randy Newman. It sounds like he is demented and wandering around. A retirement home in a daze he is barely stringing together not even a sentence but like a phrase he's i mean this motherfucker doesn't even have clauses he just has words time has come to be who you are to be who you are to take it all in time has come to be who you are and I'm like, I'm, I'm worried for his well-being. It feels like Randy Newman has not consented to be on this album. And so Chance has fucking roofied him and like put a mic in front of him as soon as he starts waking up. Wheel like cheers him into the studio. And then Chance comes in again. And again, the verses just get more and more fucking nonsensical. Who's that in the back of the back? You deserve a plaque and a pat on the back. I see you all in your suits like the cat in the hat with the clean black slacks and the jacket to match. Found your way back like a Cadillac with the flats. Came around like a satellite down like a battle axe. Why do you word insure me like it's Aflac? That incidentally why do you word insure me like it's Aflac? Those, that's word salad. I don't know. Why do word birds burk bakarak? Why do worms prefer habitats? Why did it occur where it happened at? Why ain't no apples and apple jacks? <laughs> Are you ready for the big day? I don't <laughs> like know. Every but you're well on your way. Got, got a heart attack a like cataracts. Legitimately, by the time you get to the end of that verse, total like we've deconstructed language we've completely we've completely got we we, we, we we broke it down to its bare essentials i swear to god i'm not even like sensationalizing what this song does go and listen to it and, and, and enjoy the experience of gradually feeling like you are being taken out of your own mind and just like falling away from yourself into a pit of despair when we first started this little, like what this YouTube channel is right now, when we first started this in 2020, the first thing we made other than the first episode of this podcast was a video where we watched a film called Life Itself. And if you know that and have seen oh. that video, there is a thumbnail. That thumbnail is Chance the Rapper's face. And if you want to know why it's Chance the Rapper's face, it's because August sings one of his verses 
And life itself has the exact same structure in that it is bewildering nonsense until it becomes the most boring movie you've ever seen in your life. That connection, those connections mean absolutely nothing to me, but they're all I have right now. They're the only way I can make coherent thoughts at this it's, point. It's the only form in which we can speak of, you, you know, we, we should really, uh, let, let's get into slide around. Okay, so uh, here, here we, here we, I have complicated thoughts on this. So for one, this is a bad song. Chance's hook is annoying and repetitive. But I will say this is by a comfortable margin the best beat on the album. Um, and, and that is because this song is produced by Pierre Bourne, the only song on the record he produces, the only song on the record that really feels like it has a professional touch production-wise. I do think the trap hi-hats are just a little too loud. They often are in just music and generally. But aside from that, I really like the beat on this song. I've had it kind of dum 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 in my head like and I, it's been pleasant and enjoyable but of course everything else about it utterly sours that little one grain kernel of enjoyment i could possibly take from and a plain white and some blue jeans yes and again like this is the thing this is a filler song like it's just a filler song like it's not adding anything to the record it's literally no. like not about anything it's not about anything there's some really kind of dumb bars about meek mill and rick and morty that just kind of like don't even leave the kind of impression you would hope those kinds of bars would leave once again culture like these total cultural anachronisms at this point before we proceed i want to do something here uh i want to ask because i know the answer to this question but i just want to give a, a moment to concede this because of the four of us I don't think that any, like, there's nobody here that's going to have a, like, it's all going to be variations of the same feeling, I'm sure. But Morgan, I want to ask you, at this point in the album, where were you mentally? Just not curious. Present. I think I was in a fugue state. You have to, you have to, like, you have to do what you have to it, do it was, to survive. It was a defense mechanism. Yeah, I had to diso yeah. disassociate in order to survive. Mm. I'm I'm both sorry you had to do that, and also infinitely envious of the fact that I haven't learned how to completely do that yet. Yeah. So, well, I I like I can't tell you what this part of the album sounds like. I can't really participate in this portion of the review because I simply stopped. Well, look, let's stop talking about that mid-ass song and let's talk about the true Mid. idea of this record. And I'm not talking about any specific song yet, but like a stretch of music uh -huh. that is songs uh, 18, 19, and 20. Sun Come Down, Found a Good One, Town on the Hill. This is the bottom. This is the bottom. And look, it starts off not at its worst. Like Sun Come Down oh, is not yeah. the worst this album gets, but it's some of the, the most- of it's some of the most embarrassing and it's some of the most like fuck you chance this album gets because look i've said this already chance you're 26 years old you're not gonna die anytime soon unless something goes horribly right you're fine you're just fine you're not 
the fucking the whole fucking song is chance reflecting on his legacy and then chance telling people what to do after he dies and not only that but chance turning his own death into something profound like we're supposed to fucking give a shit what this mid-20s fucking gen fucking millennial rapper you know what we're gonna supposed to give a fucking shit like he's fucking uh like he's fucking juice world or fucking nipsey hustle no dude you're extremely wealthy you're in an extremely good and luxurious place in your life you are extremely uncontroversial and extremely unhood you're not gonna fucking get shot up in a fucking drive-by dude you do not need to be fucking ruminating on your fucking death and your legacy why are you having a midlife crisis 15 years early why do you give a shit about any of this stuff and why the fuck do you think any of us should give a shit about any of this stuff like fuck you dude this is the most fucking self-indulgent narcissistic point on the whole album in my opinion and maybe i'm reading into it too much but i just i put this song on and i get fucking angry at chance the rapper for fucking being a celebrity i I would if this wasn't the most boring fucking song it's 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 like it's like a lullaby of narcissism it's it's very like uh it has real late period kanye vibes a lot of stuff here does to be honest but like it's like late Late period period kanye Kanye would sound more interesting not better but it would sound more interesting than this well, like, it's like late period Kanye vibes in terms of like the rapping and personality that's being projected, but it's like early mm-hmm. period Kanye vibes in the sense that a lot of the musicality is trying to rip off early period Kanye. Oh, yeah. Bring no. it really, really, really poorly. You know what it reminds me of is it reminds me of fucking Jaden Smith. Oh, God. You listen to the album he made? That's a good comp. Nothing but songs exactly like this. That's a good comp. <sighs> Um, also, this has this song has one of Chance's stupidest bars on the whole album, which is "I'm leaving more thoughts than there are bristles on a brush broom." Damn, damn man! There's like it's really it, like it really a, makes like a you think. thousand of those. Damn, that's fucking profound, my dude! Like holy shit, shit, like man! A- that- I want to go and like right now. I want to I want to go and just like sit on a beach and like contemplate and just fucking listen to that on loop and like you know and the end of the song is so unintentionally funny when he's like um uh when he's like talking about like ah oh, uh <laughs> 7 p.m thoughts in my home who to put in my will and who to put in my won't <laughs> yeah fucking some some fucking 90s my will rush my my will or uh, my won't yeah same uh-huh. i'm so glad we were thinking of this i love this thing. i don't want nobody to be at my wedding that won't be there for my marriage whoa <laughs> real dude shit. i real shit real man, shit, like, man. I, I i don't quite wish ill upon chance the rapper that's well actually no i do wish <laughs> ill on chance the rapper i don't wish him harm i just hope that he like falls over and breaks his nose 
like something that's enough to be painful and inconvenient, but nothing that's going to like harm him like genuinely for a long amount of time. I just <laughs> no, 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 Jack. You said you literally just said I don't wish him harm, but I do wish he would break his nose. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's that's going like, to be the title of his next or, record. Oh, I wouldn't care if they died. It's Look, like no chance. I I hope you're doing well, but also I hope that karma did something to you for this because well, this is the thing right i he's, need that he's inviting it here because he has a line where he's like he's talking about in this last verse about how all the haters are like talking shit on his marriage and like it will never last and there's a line where he's like where he is like he you know does voices of people like detracting his marriage and he's like oh i know one day they're just gonna co-parent um and it's like be careful what you say here, Chance, because you've been married for less than a year when you write this. And it's going to be so funny. So, so funny if this ages poorly and Chance is divorced in like five years. I, I also, like, maybe I'm through the loop here, but like, who gives a fuck about Chance the Rapper's marriage? Who? I, well, I know who. No, fuck? no, I know. It, it's Chance the Rapper. <laughs> so true i mean truly this is chances like schizophrenic arc where he is like these multiple inventing different... haters like oh they're hating on my dude people know you because you sell kit kat bars like fucking <laughs> dude no one, no one cares no one cares kit kat bars and hats with a three on them like dude yeah you don't have I, I, actually no i get it now may i get why he's so kind of anxious about his legacy because he doesn't have one you're right his legacy is hollow so i get why he's so kind of preoccupied with dying maybe instead he should be preoccupied with putting work into his music while he's alive well he's alive i <laughs> mean it's got the fuck it's the dj khaled album cover that's suffering from success that's this whole album <laughs> it's like him like, like right this, wiping his tears with dollars being like oh no they want my marriage to fail <laughs> all right okay here we five go word, okay look i have five words for you here guys go. i'm not uh-huh. single no more i'm not single no more no more i'm not single no more i'm not single no more I'm not single. No I ain't more. single no more. I'm not single no more. I ain't more. single no more. I'm not single no more. I ain't single no more. I'm not single no more. I ain't single no more. I'm not single no more. I'm not single no more. I'm done. Man, what a what a what a good song, you know. What a good at, song. At uh, long last, we've arrived at, in my opinion, the in, nadir. In my opinion, album. too. Yeah, here we to are. Set, I, I, to set the stage for this properly, Re just turned and looked at me and said, if you made me listen to this, I think I'd kill myself. <laughs> the the I'm at my limit. So the biggest meme around this album, right, is Chance, I love my wife. And like, correct me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't say that on this album. No, he no. Doesn't. But the reason that it doesn't matter and the reason that people still think about that is because this song is just that for five minutes straight it's just that in every fucking way it can be expressed you know that, that is this i mean the whole album essentially but really here is where you get to the crux of it you get to chance like has so many songs on this record so far where he's kind of talked about how happy he is and how much he loves his wife eternal we've had eternal we've had i got you we've had fucking let's go on the run handsome we've had so many of these songs 
And this is the apotheosis of all of them. This is the final boss of bad music, in my opinion. This is the gift that keeps on giving. This is the gift caught. This is the gift horse that shits in your mouth. This is the absolute pinnacle. This is maybe the best and worst thing we've ever talked about on this podcast. I can't fucking fathom this song when I'm not listening to it. And when I am listening to it, I can't fucking fathom the song not existing. I am in an abusive relationship with it. This song, (laughs) someone talks so I don't have to. So look, yeah. t- look, 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 this, the thing about this is that I, I, I completely, I completely understand. I also was tempted to like draft a formal apology to Casey Musgraves for breadwinner. It's the same song as this and it's better, but it is the same song as this. Um, and the spirit under which it is intended. Um, th- there's just, there's lots of really good gems here. Like, just like the, you know, the very smart and she very fine and she very kind. Like, I mean, the grade school level rhyme schemes on this are just consistently hilarious, coupled with his delivery that I would refer to almost as infantile. She, with her hair up in a bun, she surprises me with lunch. (laughs) S to the I to the M to the P. For for as much as we've doubted Chance and even the validity of his relationship and the way he talks about it, I think the best testament to their bond is the fact that this album's existence would break a lesser relationship. Like, I, I'm dead serious when I say this, that if, like, if this is something genuine, if this is an actual expression you put love and passion into, and, like, if I made this album and I gave it to my partner and they listened to it, I wouldn't want like, oh, this is so thoughtful. Like I would want them to listen to it and I would want them to slap me specifically because of this song, but primarily just because of the fact that like, I I can't imagine existing in the same world as like hearing this and then just being like, you know, I, I, this, this person, they, I I really love them more because they made this for me. Like I think, no, no, it's it's, it's, Robin Thicke's Paula in reverse. Oh the inverse God. of that. Holy shit. You're spot on. Wait, gotta get in the bag, get in the bag, get her back, get her back. Holy shit, it's the same hook. I gotta get her back, get her back. Oh my God. This song is like the gift that keeps on giving because we've talked so much about like the conceit of the song. We've made so much fucking hay just talking about the conceit of the song. And we haven't even talked about the fact that this is on an album full of songs that sound like dog shit. The one that sounds the worst as well as the one that is the most intolerable lyrically. Like it is funny how badly produced this is. The entire thing is a car crash in so many different ways. Like when you listen to the hook of the song, like the, the part where, I think it's the part where it's the um, the title of the song being said over and over. It literally has not been mastered. Like it just, it just hasn't <laughs> been mastered at all. That has like, multiple points on this album. There are bits of vocals where you're just like, did you do anything it is, to this? It is straight up lo-fi. Like it sounds like, it's been recorded on the microphone that August used to use when we first started the podcast. Like that's how the air in the, the, the background, like it's Sufi and Stevens recording on its the iPhone. One that goes, yes. The, 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 look, there's the song is such a car crash in so many ways. And the thing about it is I glided over so many of them the first time I listened to it. 
when I say this is the gift that keeps on giving, I mean it. Every time you listen to this, you will discover a new thing that sucks about it. I promise you that. There are so yeah. many things that are bad about this. And they're like packed as little details, sonic details that are packed into this, like a fucking treasure chest of shit. And the thing is, <laughs> like, there's so much clipping in this song. Like, it's so, so badly mixed. It's like the... <laughs> the distortion that you hear like that actively grates against the, even a good pair of headphones the shitty collisions of sound and this is all before you get to maybe the funniest section of music i've ever heard in my life genuinely i've been thinking about this it might be the funniest which is the last sort of outro of this <laughs> oh, no. we can't describe it it can't be put into words you just <laughs> You gotta just, listen. You have to hear you it have to hear the double time fucking breakdown. <laughs> you gotta listen to Pretty V's outro. This is this is some cosmic, melasmic, interstellar, gosmic type stuff. Oh, I, 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 it does I, feel it, like so pure noise. It's the kind of shit that's so bad that it, you see how you're going to die when you listen to it. Like, it's just... It's just... Do, do you guys think this is like a, a harsh noise album? This is like... A... I mean, this this song has the abrasion of, like, an early clipping song. They it's could... like the, the like actual <laughs> white noise crackling in your fucking ear, and you're just like, who? They could who, use... Who they, they could use this album in Abu Ghraib or Guantanamo to torture prisoners. <laughs> But the thing is, they wouldn't even need to turn the volume up. No, no, they really... They you just really play wouldn't. it at this normal is, volume. Oscar no. Isaac in um, the card counter listens to The Big Day. Honestly, I think, I think it would be more horrifying to hear this, like, emanating through the prison halls. I want like to... I want to cut, recut that scene, that dream sequence in the card counter where it's showing you Abu Ghraib, and I want to just take the music out and layer this in. You, you can just am, like very I distantly hear it. You to do that and insert it right here. <laughs> It almost feels anticlimactic that that's not the end of the record. I don't have the energy to talk about Town of the Hill very much, except to say the fact that it's so bad, guys. It's so fucking bad. I want to just recreate for you for a second the way that Chance uh, sings in this song. They built a town on top of a hill, yellow in hue, standing in plain sight. They ah, caught yellow. my eye and spoke to my soul. What a good deed, I said. Chance sings this song like a five-year-old learning to read. <laughs> good, good had... He invokes, invokes the town being yellow, so I've got the image of piss in my mind. <laughs> we've, we've had so much of this record of Chance just rapidly rap 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 rapping off his fucking see what I just did was more creative than anything he's done in this record but like yeah. we've, had, we've had so much of him just rapping really fast in this album that there's something surreal and like kind of existential about hearing him sing in this kind of really slow cadence at this point in the album sing this kind of lullaby ass song where he's like simping for god 
thank you, Father. You really love me. Like he's fucking Sally Field getting an Oscar. You really love me, God. Thank you so much for loving me, Thanks, God. Daddy. Our house has the most in the like middle of our house. who's doing the little girl voice in this song whoever it is should be tried at the hague because <laughs> it's it's um it's who knows mm, it seems like it feels vaguely sex pesty i don't know just the uh, whoever's doing yeah. whoever's doing this voice just it should not it be allowed to be around kids that's all i'm saying I, I, I like how the beginning of it starts out with someone who implicitly is like at this wedding and wants to leave because it's been going on for too long and like yeah me too yeah yeah mm-hmm. you you've captured the experience of going to an actual <laughs> wedding I, I feel like that if you've listened to this skit for Morgan coming up to the camera looking like eddie brock and venom I think if you listen to this skit more than just a few Eddie times, Rock. you should be put on a kind of FBI watch list. And like your 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 laptop should be seized. I do want to know who genuinely listens to this album, like without like I I know that like August would listen to this, not for genuine and like you would genuinely enjoy it, but you'd be fully aware of the fact that it's because it's garbage. But I want to know what kind of person you have to be, like what fucked up shit has to happen in your life. For you to sit down for the 77 minute long span and be like you know what yeah it almost feels like it feels it doesn't feel right for our video to talk about zanies and fools because i actually the worst kind of like twist of fate is that i actually really like this last song i won't go as far as to say it's great or even really that that good but it's like compared to everything else that proceeds on this record it's like a fucking salve it is because it's like a lesser track on acid rap you know it's just, yeah for sure but like there's I a mean, genuine sense of fun on the record like there's a nikki's on the song and you feel like she belongs on the song because to a large extent it is about their friendship and it is about their connection and it is about the ways in which the ways that they they've grown up and have entered the music industry have mirrored each other in a lot of ways i mean they're both kind of broken by kanye for one um, but there's a lot of other ways in which they share a lot of parallels. Broken and- by Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> not didn't mean for it to come across like that, but yeah. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's still it's still a song that musically feels like a like a six-year-old child hitting you with a plastic bat. Like sure. you, 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 you just want to shove the fucking thing, but you can't because your relatives are around. But you know, it's annoying, but you gotta put up with it. It's it's the end of the record, you know. Like in two hours, I'm gonna leave yeah yeah and so i mean i mean what else is there to say i mean we've we've done it we've we've conquered this fucking beast well we we have to let's get into the album cover real quick just just as a a coda an album cover that gets funnier the longer i stare at it because you've got this big cd like hollow cd with diamonds in it like it's a wedding ring but then you think about actually putting a cd on your finger and it's like that's the most cumbersome like this is the only way you could wear it like you're just hexing someone with your ring finger and and then you start to look into the background of this cover and you see the child's like basketball hoop and you're like where was this photo taken did he legitimately just notice that did he just walk outside what 
and then you and you see then like the metal fence with the you know little red white and blue thing that you see on your grandma's fence and it's like is that a is that a confederate flag <laughs> no no but good guess uh anyway and it you just like the album cover is an enigma in itself it's like it it, it makes sense until you think about it and then it just is what and it's also just an ugly ugly cover like well, the, yeah, it, it, it's like just in terms of graphic design, it's awful. It's a it's a collision of just colors that just completely just just, just colors that don't work to, with each other, and and the colors that are there are just overblown as hell. But like the the central kind of image as well, like you've talked about the 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 ring, like how how was anyone supposed to get that that's meant to represent a ring? Like I don't understand the what. Like half big is the rest of it. And Frankly. here's the other, another thing that is weird about it is the person holding the CD ring has a ring on their ring finger already. So that, so that implies to me that Chance the Rapper wasn't going to take off his ring for this photo shoot to make it look like this proposing. Which okay. is supposed to be him proposing, but it's like... I, I, think, I, I think I get it. I've just been steering it. I think I get it. So like... Got a ring on his finger because he's married and he loves his wife. Um, and the, 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 the thing is that the the ring he's the, the CD the disc he's holding is like a ring for his fans. And I think that's what he's doing. Like he's saying, like this music is my gift to you, my fans, to show my love for you as well. I think that's what he means. Oh, that's so sweet. No, which of course I don't even need. To talk about why that's funny. It, I mean, definitely funny because it was never a shoot on physical media. To put a bow on this is that when it comes to the cultural space that Chance the Rapper occupies, I think it's interesting and, and mildly infuriating that in 2017, we had a bunch of kids from Texas meet together because of Kanye West, because of an internet forum. And the band that they formed was called Brockhampton. And they made their first three albums with nothing but fucking with, in a cave with a box of scraps. And they took over the world. Chance the Rapper, on the other hand, is a media mogul, a literal millionaire, and he can't afford to even half-ass his debut record. Meanwhile, we have a bunch of poor kids from Texas making albums that, you know, people actually like and listen to. And I think that the big day signifies sort of the death of the previous era of hip-hop. Like, this idea of Chance as a figure is so much less tangible in the year 2022. Like, you have to keep delivering with either quality or interesting content. This is not quality and it's not interesting. When you have somebody like Kanye making a two hour long album, something that's just as big and messy as this, you have Donda, but you have enough good material that your fans can still latch onto you. You have a rollout that people can, you know, compete with and talk about. Whereas with this, it's nothing. It's a chance you're just, you, you missed the opportunity. The bus passed you and it's over, man. <laughs> 
I'd, I'd love to be able to agree with you, Jake, that I think this signifies the death of anything. But if, if Certified Lover Boy proves anything this year, it's that these kinds of albums can just keep being successful no matter no, what. No, yeah. When you have enough exactly. pull behind them. And I think what it tells us about these figures like Drake and Chance as well is that once you do get a certain, it's not that they can't afford to make them sound good. Of course they can. But once you get a certain amount of money and once you have a certain amount of like philanthropy or interests outside of music, music just becomes secondary anyway. Like it becomes another obligation, it becomes another yeah. thing you do because that's the thing you're known for. And well, even that, with- that's sort of what I mean, though, is that like as a business, it's like, you know, we have Jay-Z coming on being like, oh, I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman, blah, 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 blah. It's like that idea, though, I don't think anybody new can sort of occupy that anymore like you can have albums like certified lover boy but it's because drake has a pre-established fan base like you can't have another chance the rapper come in all of a sudden it's like it's like you have to give us something first like the idea of like a corporate mogul first and an artist second is like uh... this is late capitalism the album yes basically unfortunately and we are all both stronger and worse off for having done this. May God have mercy on our souls. I am not stronger. <laughs> I'm, I refuse to, to take any sort of silver lining out of this experience. There isn't one. Okay, there's, there's not a good song on this album. I don't have a favorite song. Uh, three least favorite tracks are definitely got to be found a good one get a bag and probably fucking we go high just ugh, 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 leaves a nasty taste in my mouth uh like 1.5 uh i think it's about a six out of ten you know no i don't yeah i think you do i'm I... not writing that in the spreadsheet <laughs> I'm, I'm just not uh, we, after all we've been through after all that you've gotten away with making us do you're you don't get to do that okay you fine, can't keep getting away with this fine I, I i don't get to do that i get to give it a seven <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> No, fine, fine. It's a, it's a one out of ten. Morgan, my favorite track. My favorite track is "Hot Shower." My least favorite track is "Hot Shower." <laughs> one out of ten. All right. Um. So my my three least favorite tracks are Found the Good One, um, Five Year Plan, and Ball and Flossin. Uh, my favorite track is Zanies and Fools. And I'm going to give this a two. <laughs> Amazing. So that gives us an average of 1.4, which has got to be, Ooh. that's got to be a record of some kind. I think that might even be the lowest average we've ever given. I think it might I think be. Sears lower. Yeah, Sears might be lower actually. Now that I think about it, probably. Yeah. But I mean, um, Sears yeah, is 0.5, but, of course. But like, um, yeah, Sears worse, but yeah, that's, that's, that's something special for us. Anyway, 
thank you for tuning in everyone uh make sure you stick around for for new year baby for more new year content exactly uh we're going to be back next week with our next record club which is delightfully going to be something that is much much more palatable we're going to do a fucking 180 and talk about devon townsend's ocean machine i believe um oh yeah and we'll also be back with a new main episode um on sunday as well um first main episode of the year too jake and morgan just put up a video where they broke down the entire discography of legendary metal band opeth go and check that out it is dope as fuck and yeah if you like what we do if you enjoyed the video make sure you give it a like really helps us uh leave a comment if you want to tell us what you thought of the album or what you thought of the video or any of your thoughts in general that really helps us as well uh if you're not already subbed that helps us too and if you want to go the extra mile you can hit the join button and spend just one buck a month to support us and gain some extra perks including your name in the intro of every video however i think that's all there is to say i need to go and sleep for seven hours august why don't you take us away as always folks rock over london rock on chicago burger king i'm loving it